I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io/ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 266, episode four of Der Daily Zeitgeist! Production of iHeartRadio, just 400 shy of the season that we've all been waiting for. Season 666. We're so close. Yeah. Because I'm cool and stuff. (laughs) Fucking twisted. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And it's Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Is it? No. What what, what would this be? The 17th day of Christmas? So we don't do that. (laughs) Oh, I was like, where are you going with this? (laughs) What sort of birds do they give you on the 17th day of Christmas? Uh, Very uh, 17 pigeons flocking. Yeah, 17 dead pigeons. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Uh, my <laughs> name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mama, take this glass from me. I can't chug it anymore. My milky throat's too thick to speak. Feel like I'm nogging on heaven's door. Wow. Nog, nog, nogging on heaven's door. Yeah, I know you wanted to cut hey, me off before. Hey, before. Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nog, nog, nogging on heaven's door. Uh, all right, that is courtesy of Blake Rogers. Ooh. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, when Miles is out, <laughs> by a very special <laughs> guest co host, one of the EPs on this very network, the King of Sting, that bitch on Twitch. It's DJ Daniel Goodman! Get your lighters up for that, a.k.a. Well done, Jack. You, you totally crushed that one. Oh, man, uh, it was a yes. flat coming out of the gates. But <laughs> I think you sounded great. It is your boy, DJ Daniel. Happy to be here, a.k.a. I forgot to ask someone on Twitter, but I'll stick with Mr. Steel, your aerial. Yes, check me out on Twitch playing Rocket League and being bad at it. Anyway, happy to be Steel here. Steal your happy to be aerial. Here. Yeah, it's, okay. it's when you fly up in the air and hit the, the ball. It's, I don't know. It's a Got real it. niche joke for the people who play the game. They're like, oh, I get that. And for 98% of the listening audience, they're like, what are you talking about? I thought you were headed for steal your areola. Whoa. Very, very confused. <laughs> Whoa. That'd be, that'd be a okay. weird nickname. That's a different podcast. 
Yes. Anyways, we are thrilled to be joined in our third and fourth seats by the hosts of the podcast, A Matter of Degrees, which tell stories about the powerful forces behind climate change and the tools we have to fix it. Please welcome the brilliant and accomplished Dr. Leah Stokes and Dr. Catherine Wilkinson. What's up, Hey. Hey. Hi. I like to make the intros extra dumb when we have like esteemed guests so that you guys just know what you're in for. We're not we're not real doctors, just to be clear. I mean we have doctorates, but we can't not perform surgery or anything like that. Just wanna get No, not even like stitches, barely a band-aid. Some doctors nonetheless. That is that that counts in my book. Mm. And Amen. Yeah. If I even got close to a doctorate, I would make I would make people call me doctor, <laughs> including my kids and a wife. So, <laughs> who was <is> a doctor? <laughs> who is a doctor? But I would really like, like an to, actual doctor. Yeah, she's a she's an actual doctor. Well, and, that might annoy her a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you should stay undoctorated. Well. Or- the foreseeable I'm annoyed future. by the fact that she's a doctor. And <laughs> when we say, hey, how was your day? She has like life changing stories of how she, you know, helped people. And I'm like, I almost introduced Miles and Daniel was the guest host. <laughs> it was a mess, babe. <laughs> how are you guys doing? Where, where are you coming to us from? Well, I'm in sunny Santa Barbara, California, the best uh, place to live in America. I love it here. It's always beautiful here. That's wonderful. Shout out. I am. uh, I'm joining from Atlanta, Georgia, which I mean, holla fucking Luya. It is a good day. (laughs) Amen to that. Yes. Yes. Very true. Wow. Thank goodness. Yes. 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 Hold it out by the skin of our teeth. I'm assuming. Thank you for for your service. Voted for the the right side on that one. Oh, yes. The left side <laughs> is, I think, <laughs> what you meant to there say. There we go. Yes. <laughs> the left side being the right side. Indeed. Yes. Well, that's good. That's that's big news that I think we're all happy. I, two days later, I guess. But yes, good day. Right. Because with this drops tomorrow. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Good. Good. It'll still be a good day. We'll It'll still, still be, be a good day in Georgia, <laughs> blue Georgia. Six years, you know, it's a lot. Like if we'd had to have Herschel Walker for six years. Oof. I don't think he would have lasted. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think he, he probably would have quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit, that or the werewolves would have gotten him. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the werewolves. Yeah. That's right. An or actual werewolf attack. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> impressive. Anyways, uh, we're going to get to know you both a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. I want to talk to you both about climate change as a mass mental health event that gets ignored by the mainstream media. We might talk a little bit about effective altruism, that movement, and just what we're what we're learning about the truth around that movement. And I'd be, again, curious to hear Y'all's thoughts on on that one. We are going to talk about TGI Fridays, Mott Sticks, Got No Mots. We might actually just skip right to that and talk about only that. <laughs> that seems really important on the yeah. climate issues. I mean, that I put right at the top. Yeah. It's high up there. Yeah. I heard your Mott Stick episode. It was it was pretty good. It was <laughs> you you got to some really interesting places. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But before we get to any of that, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search histories that is revealing about who you are? Catherine, you want to start us off? Sure. I, I looked and I was like, what's sort of weird and illuminating here? 
uh, horse head bumper. Was, horse head bumper. Yeah, okay. was one. So I'm a it's I'm just, a horse I'm a horse mom, and um, that's how you like to greet gang with a little head bump. A little head bump. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little thing that they wear on their head uh, if they have to travel, sense. so that if they freak out, which he does, and fling their head in the air, they don't also split their oh. skull open. So oh it's like God. a little. It's like a really dorky kind of like thick leather pope cap is kind Ooh, of how huh. it looks okay. which pope cap because pope hats can get pretty wild <laughs> they oh, yeah. pretty i'm thinking the like the, you know the curvy one the like, little uh, curvy one yeah yeah yeah, yeah that is a good point pope hat yeah mm. there might be some really interesting directions to take horse bumpers in the whole pope hat yeah uh, variety <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i feel like i haven't seen the big good pope hat in a while the one that's just <laughs> not really like any other hat that has ever been worn by anyone else is just no. the size of a of a large basket like a ha- <laughs> clothing hamper just yeah, exactly. on top of someone's head <laughs> i don't know why that's what i went with holding in all that hair yeah. <laughs> but for some reason this is making me wonder how the pope feels about white lotus and yeah. if he's been watching this season, Huge fan, and I'd imagine. maybe exactly. if he'll appear in the finale, these are all <laughs> questions that are now coming up for me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of religious art in there, mm. so who knows? Yep. How about you, Leah? What, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, one of the most recent things I searched was Mistress America trailer, uh, which is a movie directed by Greta Gerwig. I was reading a long profile about her. And the secret to my productivity is that I don't really watch movies. I watch movie trailers. And so on any given day, (laughs) I'm searching a trailer. I mean, most movie trailers give you the entire story in like two and a half minutes and then you're done. You don't really have to watch the movie. And they're so emotional. They, right? they all pack all oh those gosh. emotions in there. Uh-huh. Why don't we have like best trailer awards at the Oscars? You I've know? asked this question <laughs> many times. A brilliant observation. Something <laughs> desperately yeah. needed and not yes. enough credit given to those trailer cutters. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. They're the unsung heroes of our time, really. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Are they the same people who do like the emotional sports video stories like for the Olympics? Gosh. You know, those little like... Oh my God. They right. take you on that same emotional roller coaster in two and a half minutes before the next like hundred meter whatever. Ugh. Yeah, just make you weep. I'm yeah. such a baby for those. They make me cry every <laughs> single time. I love an emotional Olympic story. Yeah, <laughs> micro so emotional roller coaster. Yes, that's like a professional skill set. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just looked at the runtime for Avatar Two: The Way of the Water, and, and it is. <laughs> Like not, it is not a number that I've ever seen as a runtime before. Does this have a three hours in the front of it? Well, yeah, but they didn't do it. It was like a hundred and ninety something minutes. Oh wow! So three hours ten. Yeah, three hours ten. That's a lot. They don't want you to know. They're like, maybe you can't do the math. Yeah, Yeah, this dumb dumb can't do math. He'll (laughs) he'll just go to the movie. But I'm excited to see that. But less, a little less excited. I might just. Watch the trailer and I know, of times. right? Just I mean, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna find out the whole plot, who dies, what the romance is. I mean, you just need <laughs> yeah, two and a half minutes. There you go. Fair. How was the Greta Gerwig trailer? It was great. I mean, I love Greta Gerwig. I should probably actually watch the movie. Like that is something that I should maybe give time to. But you know what I did give time to was the extremely long profile about her. So I have time to read. I just mm. don't always have time to watch yeah. you know, two hour movies. 
Mm. I mean, God bless. You are far more enriched for it, for giving time to reading more than watching. <laughs> like, props to you on that one. Right. Gold star. Gold star. I'm like the last person in America who still reads, it appears. So, <laughs> so this is not the Barbie movie that we've been covering. No, but it was about the Barbie movie. And did you okay. see those stills? They were amazing. We, oh, my yeah. God. I mean, the stills have been incredible. But Greta Gerwig has another more serious film dropping before that. Or maybe no, no, it's series. actually old. I mean, why would you think I'm up up to speed on, on culture here? No, this is from years ago. Mistress was, America is old. It's old, yeah, <laughs> just to be clear. Oh, okay. I'm not watching current ah. trailers, okay? I'm not that hip. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting edge, watching current trailers. Watching trailers from seven years ago. That is Love what that. I do with my time, yes. Okay, cool. Leah, what is something you think is overrated? Okay, are you ready for it? Gas stoves. Ooh. Okay. Why did I go there? Okay. Well, you know, cooking with gas, right? Everybody thinks they're so great. Actually, they poison you and blow up your house and uh, put carcinogens into the air and they're uh, terrible. So every time I watch a home renovation show and they put a new gas stove in, I'm like, a fairy just died. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. Gas stoves are terrible for you and the planet. What is the fairy just died? All right. Why did a fairy die? Because fairies die when you put in gas stoves. I don't know if you knew that. That's like a new scientific paper that just came out. Oh, it's, damn. it's that tick, tick, tick. That's yeah. I hear you know. when you're trying to get the stove going and it tick, tick, tick. That's damn. a fairy. That's a dead and fairy. The one burner that just keeps Oof. keeps going. Exactly. Yeah. Or the one burner that doesn't light and then you're smelling that smell of gas. Yeah. And that's yeah. like bad. That's not yes. good for your health. You're right. I didn't know all that stuff about it being bad and that it was going to blow up my house. Yeah, dude. I mean, think about and get your kid's asthma. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that real? Yeah. yeah. 42% more likely to have asthma if you grow up in a house with a gas stove. I'm currently renovating my house to get rid of my gas stove amongst all other gas appliances. And so we're in an Airbnb right now. And there's a super sketchy gas stove here. And there's one of those like vents really high in the ceiling that definitely doesn't do anything. And every time I turn it on, I'm like, wow, I'm just like poisoning my children. This is awesome. Love this. Love this. Yeah. Noted. How about you, Catherine? What's something that you think is overrated? So I'll stick on the, you know, planetary nerd theme. Recycling, I think, is overrated. Listen, like I am a recycler, hardcore for forever. But it struck me anew last weekend. I was in a like non-climate people conversation. I was like, people think that recycling is like 90% of the problem. Or right. the opportunity. Like I'm like, hey, how I recycle is this? every time, all right? <laughs> Listen, so, like, I... like, let's recycle. But I'm like, how we're like really missing the forest for the yeah. one recycled tree here. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's the only thing that they gave us nice. for a long time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, the only man. information they gave us was like the planet's dying. Uh, and here's something you can do that's marginally better than the other thing. And we were mm-hmm. like, All right, on it. Thank you. We <laughs> yeah. know our assignment. Yeah. Well, and the fossil fuel industry was like, we're going to hype this whole recycling thing as the solution to the plastic problem. Mm. And then we'll like get people not to pay attention to all the rest of what's happening. And so also there was like a lot of money that went into making recycling. Oh, yeah. The thing, even though like we recycle like five to six percent of plastic. Right. So it's not the solution to the thing. Anyway, my point is I'm like, we got to get out of like this myopia of recycling as the as the barometer. 
How often do you hear myopia on this show? I mean, it just like brought it. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> I mean, but we have some doctors, so I, I yes. figured that, yeah. We're doing some GRE words today. Yeah. SAT yeah. words, GRE <laughs> words, they're in the house. The level has definitely been raised. I think the, the, the thing on recycling that I think is, is so, thank you for bringing that up because what was so funny about like the recycling trend of like the 90s and stuff like that mm-hmm. was it was a three word phrase reduce, reuse, recycle. There was a whole phrase to it that really just got shortened to, oh, just throw your bottles in in the blue bin and (laughs) then you're all good. It's safe. (laughs) Like what happened to the reduce your usage first and foremost, Mm. reuse, take those plastic bags and those bottles, maybe reuse that again. Maybe you use that thing another time before you just decide to toss it out and then recycle as the mm-hmm. final stage of the development here or the final stage of the process here. It, it is it is just a, a shortening to like, oh, let's get to the part where you're still just throwing it out. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel and you very like, wholeheartedly. You know, stay fully on the like wild one use consumption <laughs> bandwagon. Just yeah, yeah. find the blue bin. Who knows? Where, <laughs> find where the blue bin. Up. Yeah, no, forget that. Uh, but I will say uh, one thing. Recycling aluminum before you guys oh, all yeah. get cynical, that is underrated. Aluminum is. is like oh. the most recyclable material. If if you throw a uh, go you forever. Know, Coke can in the garbage in front of me, I will stick my hand in the garbage and save it because uh, the stakes are too high. I need to save that Great. can. So you need to recycle aluminum cans. Very important. Cool. Do it. Yeah. And if you're going to get a drink in a container, get it in aluminum because it's super valuable and it can recycle indefinitely. So like wow. you don't have to worry about it. This sparkle, makes me your, feel, sparkle your water in your yes. aluminum cans. Go for this it. This makes me feel so much better about my yerba mate consumption because those are <laughs> aluminum cans and they're all about sustainability. So I'm like, great. The product's Winning. good and the, the recyclability is sustainable. Solution. Let's go. <laughs> Drink them aluminum cans. What's the aluminum water? The aluminum can? Liquid death? La Croix. Oh, liquid the death. F- liquid death. Oh, liquid or that. Both. Both. Okay. both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> La Croix also. I mean, Fake French. It's not actually yes. French at all. It's American, but it sounds French. Yeah. yeah. Except for not if you call it LaCroix, which mm. is, La Croix. I feel, the, the major interpretation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Some of us speak French in this conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is something that you think is underrated, Catherine? Man, I think tempeh. Tempeh. <laughs> Great. It's underrated. And I'll tell you why. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So I, I've been vegetarian for a long time, more uh, coming up on 25 years. And thank you for your service. Tempeh <laughs> is like a better experience than tofu, but it's not. Mm. You see tofu so much more often. But tempeh is like it's better for you. The texture's better. It's easier to cook with. And I don't know, you know, we've got all these like newfangled fake meats, which like I am happy on occasion to have an impossible burger or whatever. But like tempeh, it's like actually a really good citizen. And I had something at a restaurant with it recently and I was like, this is underrated. This should be on more menus. So that's my plug. That's my Mm. plug for the humble fermented soybean cake that is tempeh. So it's like a little chewier is that is that Yeah. yeah, it's a little like it's I'm only familiar with the city in Arizona. Yeah, it's a little. Okay. Oh yeah, different tempeh, but <laughs> okay, got it. Got but it. maybe it's, it's every. Maybe one. like maybe we could study that and see like is the food tempeh everywhere in tempeh? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. How do they probably do it? Not. <laughs> Traditional Indonesian food made from fermented soybeans. Okay, I'm here for so it. So I think you get those like probiotic good things anyway. Yeah, yeah. the ferment. That's what I got. I'm with. That. How about you, Leah? What is something you think is underrated? 
Well, I think I'm continuing along with this crunchy granola climate <laughs> trend here, which is for those who know me or listen to anything I've ever created, they will not be surprised by this answer. Probably Catherine could guess it. The underrated thing is a heat pump. What is a heat pump, you ask? It is an efficient electric machine that can both heat and cool your home, one-stop shopping, and it doesn't require any fossil fuels. It does not require gas. And so, uh, you know, that whole thing about poisoning yourself, you don't have to poison yourself. You can have a heat pump and, uh, you know, both heat and cool your home. These are amazing machines. They should be as well-known as electric vehicles, but they are not. Heat pumps are definitely underrated. Cool. What, wow. So I just have like have my kids out there just pumping away at it yeah. the whole time. Or what, what, what am I? Oh, my God. Guess what? It uses electricity. There's this thing. Oh, I don't know if you've wow. heard of it. It's called electricity. Okay. Yeah, it like does stuff, you know, charges your phone, uh, you know, allows you to listen to this podcast, but also can heat and cool your home. I don't know if you okay. knew that. I did not. No. Yeah. All right. The heat pump and it's it's not like I, loud. I'll and... just I'll say they sound like magic. So in the summer, they take the heat that's in your home and they stick it outside. They're like, it's too hot in here. I'm getting rid of that hot hot in here. Get it out. And in the winter, they manage to grab the heat that is outside and send it into your home. There's magical little heat outside that you didn't know about. And the fairies, there are fairies inside the heat pump. See, you've killed the fairies (laughs) when you buy the gas stove. And then you, you know, they come back to life. I was going to ask what the effect was on fairies. So the fairies (laughs) bring, they find the heat outside and the fairies bring that into the house. That's how heat pump works. That's science right there. We're talking on the (laughs) Halloween episode, how uh, like in Google's top ranking of costumes, like all of the top costumes are... Things that have major motion pictures that have like been made about them or are part of a major motion pictures. But one of the top three year after year is fairies. And like, I feel like they haven't really gotten their due. Like a a lot of the ones that are, you know, little girl costumes haven't gotten their due. But well, I I foresee a big fairy franchise in the future. Yeah. Because, I don't know if you knew this, one of the groups I work with, Rewiring America, which is all about the heat pump, we actually made heat pump Halloween costumes this year. So you, there were many people, I mean, not like enough to get on no, the No, Leah, top. there were probably like nine. <laughs> many, just... many people. Many people, people across America became heat pumps for Halloween. I don't know if you knew that. It was a whole trend. I don't know why you missed it. It was huge, actually. I could send you photos. Oh, yeah, I'm looking This right is now. This is when... Climate Twitter gets like really all a flutter. Yeah. (laughs) When people dress up as heat pumps, I mean, it's just getting real, you know, it's just like the excitement through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. That explains all the kids in giant squares that were coming up to my door for Halloween. What are you? And I just couldn't understand. They were talking through this giant square. And it sounds like heat. You want a heath bar? Oh, heat. Heat. Yes. That was the trend. I don't know why you missed it. It was really big on TikTok. All the kids are doing it. Totally hot right now and cool as well. Very hot and cool. Except. (laughs) I I feel, Leah, that the heat pump movie should never be made, but it does need a trailer. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. We need we a heat pump movie trailer. Exactly. Yeah, with that dramatic <laughs> music from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about climate. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. And we're back. And yeah, so you guys had a, a great episode of your podcast where you talked about like the trauma of climate change and... You also you also mention something that we talk about a lot on this show, which is just the way that the mainstream media, like there, there's an overall sense that you're being gaslit by the world of like serious people making decisions who say things about climate change being a priority and like say the right things, but then they don't do any of the things that suggest they actually believe that climate is a priority or that like this, you know, existential catastrophic threat that is facing us is, is real. And I don't know, just like as it's kind of come more and more into focus, it's like, I, I, I'm thinking back on these New York times stories I've seen where Mm. they're like, you know, the young people are having a mental health crisis and nobody knows why i think it's social media (laughs) and like don't mention climate change once so yeah i'd just be interested in kind of hearing what your perspective is on on that and specifically as it relates to not just like climate activists but just like people who see this happening in the Mm. headlines and Mm -hmm. you know are just dealing with the dissonance of like oh so this is going to really is already harming and killing people and is going to make the world way worse. And then we just talk about the stock market like it's, you know, the most important thing instead of a a report about like how well people are making money off of causing the problem that Mm -hmm, we're supposed mm -hmm. to be worried about. Right. But yeah, like what just uh, that's a big word salad. But what (laughs) 
what, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts on just like this, the mental toll that this takes? I remember it was a couple months ago, maybe, that the New York Times put out a little like mini documentary kind of video about young people and mental health crisis and suicide. And I was like, when are they going to say? Surely they're going to come to it next. Are they going to say something? No. Nope. Right. Even one of the interviewees says something to the tune of like, you know, there's not going to be a planet to live on. And like, they never tease that out as, yeah, yeah, more as a major driver. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was just kind of like, what? Like, uh, what? Especially because there has been some really important research that's come out in the last couple of years, actually documenting this trend among young people. So one of the folks that we had on that episode, Dr. Britt Ray at Stanford, she was one of the authors on a study that came out in The Lancet last year. They surveyed 10,000 young people across 10 countries. And the thing that came through in that study so profoundly is the way that the burden of this crisis is already impacting the day-to-day lives of most young people and particularly young people in the global South. But not just that, it's the double whammy of feeling betrayed, right? That exactly what you're saying, that sense of being gaslit and totally let down by the people that are like wearing the moniker of leadership and absolutely not doing their job when it comes to making sure, I don't know, we get to keep living on this extraordinary planet that grows food and like flows water and does all of these amazing things that make it incredible to live here. And yeah, COP27, you know, who had the most delegates at that at that little shindig, the global conference of the parties, the the annual sort of rendezvous to talk about our collective future the fucking fossil fuel industry had the most delegates except the United Arab Emirates, which is basically also part of the fossil fuel industry. And it's like this whole thing is insane. And the fact that young people are feeling that and seeing it, and then they don't have anywhere to take that, Mm. right? Like there are no containers to be, to be heard and seen. And, you know, unless they find themselves in like a, great chapter of the sunrise movement or something and even then like holding the existential dread that like any logical being is feeling in this moment you know it's it's bananas and not to mention parents you know who are also grappling with like my child is learning about this in school and how do i how do i even have a conversation with them yeah, your options are basically to d- discredit science or <laughs> acknowledge that the world is broken, you know? The, or be like, well, at least we recycle. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, and even that is, you know, inherently like at its core dishonest to be like, but we're good because we recycle. Like the, I don't totally. know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But, you know, one thing about our show is that a matter of degrees is that we don't, we don't, we don't uh, trade in hopelessness. We're not down for that. So, yeah, that you is know, uh, we actually also did this mini series about what can I do? And it's a three part series this season that talks about what can I do about climate change? And unsurprisingly, it talks about getting a heat pump, you know, moving your money so that it's not investing in the fossil fuel industry, thinking about how your job can contribute to it. I mean, like right now, you guys are climate activists. I don't know if you knew that, like your jobs. You're are on helping. the team. 
Yang Let's on the go. Welcome. You had hey. us on your show, <laughs> and now we're talking about climate change. Bada boom, bada bang. That's it right there. You know, and also political activism, right? How do we make sure we elect climate champions? And we had folks on from this nonprofit called Climate Cabinet that helps elect climate champions, like all up and down the ballot. So, you know, it's not about hopelessness. It's actually about you know, recognizing that we are in a bad place, but that there are things that we as people can do about it. And the yep. biggest things we can do is actually join together with other people to take political action, to help change laws, to make a difference in our communities. But mm-hmm. even short of that, you know, getting a heat pump, getting an induction stove, getting an electric vehicle, getting an e-bike, right? There are lots voting of things we Senator can do. Voting for Senator Warnock. Yeah, <laughs> voting, voting. Love that. That's a great one. You know, there's lots of things we can do. So it's not about hopelessness. Yeah. But it's also not about being unrealistic about the situation that we're in and, you know, being real with people about how bad this is. There's no Pollyanna, Pollyanna bullshit happening either. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. we're like, we've got to look at the hard reality of where we are and what's headed our way. Yeah. Even if we even if we do everything that we can as fast as we can, we're still going to have some really intense challenges coming and to realize we have this absolutely stocked toolbox of mm-hmm. solutions that are not just like someday, maybe if the effective altruists funded, <laughs> like, no, it's like stuff we have now and it's working and it makes us healthier and it saves us money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, even on the climate and mental health stuff, there are actually solutions like we don't just have to curl up in the fetal position alone and despair like that episode is about how to cope with all the climate feels because we're going to keep feeling them. And a lot of that is also about coming together in community yeah. for conversation and feeling like we're not alone. Yeah, there's a really cool thing on task shifting that I want to talk about. But just mm. just like going back to the sort of mainstream media sort of blind spot, because I just I don't think that that is something mm-hmm. that most people think that when they turn on NPR or like read the New York Times that they're getting a version of things that are like par- mm-hmm. partaking in this. And and I, I, I do feel like that, like that, that is a big part of the problem is, you know, l- like you said, you have this thing and the, it feels like there's not a intuitive place to go with it. And it feels like you're reading these contradictory things in, you know, mm-hmm. what what is supposed to be the mainstream media. And it, it just, I don't know, like just an honesty and an owning it and like a naming it of like mm-hmm. w- that there is this enormous trauma that we should all be acknowledging and, and working through together while, while we're trying to do things about it individually. But I don't totally. know. I mean, that that's a big part of finding a a solution that makes it so that the fossil fuel companies don't get to continue to completely define, you know, Mm -hmm. they're fighting things on that level, like by, you know, giving the New York Times a shitload of money and stuff to be one of the biggest advertisers at the New York Times. I mean, here's the reality. Fossil fuel companies knew about climate change decades ago before they had scientists yeah Yeah, way before everyday people they did they had scientists like at exxon for example exxon mobile they had a different name at the time but they had scientists who were doing research and they were you know realizing that 
when you burn fossil fuels and you put carbon pollution and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, you warm the planet. When you warm the planet, a lot of bad things happen like drought and, you know, more intense hurricanes and really extreme rainfall and heat waves that kill people. And, you know, the crazy flooding, for example, that's happening in Pakistan right now, the insane Hurricane Ian, probably going to be the most expensive hurricane in Florida history. You know, all these things that are happening they're linked to climate change. Mm-hmm. And fossil fuel companies knew about that. And what yeah. did they do? They lied. They intentionally lied to the American people. It's very similar to cigarette companies. You know, cigarette companies had their own scientists. They knew that cigarettes caused cancer, but they lied. And the interesting thing about the cigarette companies is that they were eventually held accountable by the U.S. justice system, right? They had to pay big fines for what they did. And that is what we need to see for fossil fuel companies, too. We need to see these companies be held accountable for the decisions that they made to lie to the American people and, you know, make it so that you didn't have other choices other than fossil fuels for decades. The good thing is we're in a moment now where there are other choices. You can get an electric vehicle. You don't have to use fossil fuels in your homes anymore. But, you know, fossil fuel companies really delayed that and they lied to the American people for decades. So they really need to be held accountable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Straight and up. probably, I don't know. I mean, maybe they should have to sit in rooms with despairing young people <laughs> and like like absorb that trauma that they have they've manufactured right both like physically and in in this sense of gaslighting that, that you're talking about jack yeah and i i think the like that there is this huge lie at the core of like just existence in the modern world mm, yeah like that that also goes to everything that's happening, like this like rise of fascism, like mm-hmm. nihilism among the rich, depression among the young, as we talked about, like a rise of deaths of despair, yeah. all these things that, you know, are caused by people just losing hope and faith and like belief in in that that they exist in like a just world that's like worth fighting for. And mm-hmm. it, it just like getting that back into the conversation feels like an important part part of the of the job. And it's that like it's that flip side, I think, to the headlines, you know, that you were talking about, right? Of like, we need the headlines that make it clear that we're in a fucking mess um, and we're running out of time. And we need the headlines or better yet, the feature films and the like compelling collective stories that help us imagine a transformed world, right? Like so much of the climate conversation kind of publicly has been like, this is the world we want to avoid and it's going to take a whole bunch of misery and sacrifice to get there instead of like, this is the incredible future that's possible and this is what it could mean to go on that journey to get Mm -hmm. there. I would watch that movie. Leah would probably watch more than the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's about abundance, you know. So much of what's been sold to us is that climate action is is sacrifice. And no offense to the whole Tempe conversation <laughs> earlier, right? But like, you know, it's not about I know I was not really doing any favors there. <laughs> it's not about giving up your hamburgers or sitting in the cold dark room alone and not having a car, right? Guess what, guys? You can have a heat pump that heats your home. You can have an electric vehicle. You can probably even eat some meat or some fake meat that's going to exist that, you know, tastes exactly the same but Mm -hmm. didn't require as much carbon pollution, right? There is innovation happening right now Mm -hmm. that allows us to live 
the way that we live and we like living without all this sacrifice. And the way that the fossil fuel industry has defined this is about sacrifice because that works for them. That way they can say, no, 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 don't change anything. Mm -hmm. Just keep using your dirty gas stove and your dirty, you know, oil powered car. Just do that for like another couple decades because every single day that we delay you know, getting the solar panels or the heat pumps or the electric vehicle. Every day we delay, it makes fossil fuel companies money. That's how they make money now. They're like delay machines. Yeah. And so they don't want us to think that there are alternatives, that we can keep living our lives and actually have healthier lives, pay less money for our energy bills. You know, they don't want us to understand the abundance that's coming for us if we act on climate change. They want us to think it's all doom and gloom. And, you know, you're going to have to sit alone in the dark and eat your tempeh. You know, that's what they want us to think. <laughs> right. um, and, and Catherine's point out that that tempeh is not so bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say give it a try. Give it a try. <laughs> it does feel like there's a lot of yeah, you guys are do a great job of like highlighting like very sophisticated and smart and like there there's just a lot of energy, especially coming from this young generation towards like building a future that is sustainable. There there's also a lot that is happening on the other side. Like you mentioned, the mm. fossil fuel like COP twenty seven be becoming a fossil fuel trade show mm. and you know, the even like effective altruism I keep mm. ranting about this but it's really like it's fooled a lot of people i think and mm -hmm. even like a very smart person who's like you know youngest philosophy professor at oxford mm -hmm. like full has fooled himself by <laughs> like he thinks he went from like getting bed nets for people in need and like stopping human suffering in the here and now to he you know started hanging out with all these like venture capital bros and like billionaires and suddenly climate change isn't as important as people say it is and mm. the thing that we really need to worry about is you know uh, ai and you know th <laughs> shit where like he just like through osmosis is like absorbing becoming an asshole is that what yes. you yeah, becoming an asshole but like it's it is very sophisticated and it, it is like yeah i don't know i i yeah. think of like capitalism almost as its own ai that has like <laughs> gone through the singularity like decades ago and is just like so totally. sophisticated and is like fighting like that that's what we're fighting against and they keep coming up with these like ideas and arguments and mm. ways to fund a form of civilization that is clearly mm -hmm. unsustainable and like that yeah. that i feel like is the thing that you know they talk about in hypernormalization. adam curtis talks about mm -hmm. this feeling that we're like just living next to this massive like organism that can't be understood or slowed down or like affected yeah. and mm -hmm. so it's like so you know it's fighting that. And I think like the thing mm -hmm. that gives me the most hope is that it does seem like the younger generations are more aware and have a more realistic vision and like grasp of what the actual contours of this reality. But I also feel like the capitalist machine is going to do its best to create like very sophisticated ways and ideas mm -hmm. and quote unquote philosophies to like bring them into this bullshit, you know, framework that yeah. is currently yeah. coasting on inertia. 
There's a really direct thread here, too. So, you know, this whole Sam Bankman freed, you know, crypto crash that's going on very tied to effective altruism, right? Because he justified his actions by saying, look, if I can make a lot of money, I can give it away. I can give it away to Democrats running for office. I can give it away to poor people or whatever. And that makes me a good person, even though the fundamental thing I'm doing is actually really bad. Why do I say that? Crypto? We did an episode recently on the podcast, on our podcast, Matter of Degrees, about cryptocurrency, and we dug into the climate impacts. And I got to say, like, whoa, that was super illuminating and dark. I don't know how much people know about crypto, but basically, especially with Bitcoin, it's a giant number guessing machine that Mm -hmm. requires enormous amounts of energy. And, you know, just that cryptocurrency alone, the negative environmental impacts from using so much dirty energy to just guess numbers, it's actually bigger than the positive effect right now of all electric vehicles deployed in a year. So every time you see an electric vehicle on the road, just think about the invisible crypto number guessing garbage that's going on in the background that is negating that positive momentum that we're making. And, you know, I think a lot of people sort of stuck their head in the sand around crypto and the fundamental fact that it uses so much energy and is very bad for the planet. I mean, literally keeping coal plants open to guess numbers. You know, and they stuck their head in the sand because they said, well, it's effective altruism. We're doing we're making money and then we're going to give that money away. And isn't that better? Because as long as we make money and give it to people, then like actually we're amazing people. We're better than those crunchy granola kids trying to shut down coal plants because actually we made money and we can give that away. And it becomes a very circular argument that doesn't cause people to look at the fundamental problem here, which is that you're using enormous amounts of dirty energy mm-hmm. to do something that actually isn't that useful. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong on crypto, especially with the whole number guessing thing, you get mm-hmm. diminishing returns over time because the numbers get harder to guess as yeah. the value of it fluctuates and whatnot. And so you're spending more and more energy to guess a smaller and smaller amount of like numbers to like mint coins or something. So eventually the cost of the energy, both actual like, you know, monetary cost, but cost of the environment then outweighs the actual value of the coin that's being minted. Yeah, I mean, that's because it gets more competitive, too, right? right? Like, if more people want to guess the number, they've got to get more powerful computers to do it so that they can generate more guesses faster, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes a kind of arms race where it's like you need a really fast computer to guess faster. And the probability that you're going to win and get the number, it's going to get smaller if there's more competition and more machines actually guessing it. So, yeah, basically, the environmental impact can get bigger as there's more and more people guessing it on more and more powerful machines so that they get a chance to actually win that coin, right? So, I mean, in this in this episode that we did, we learned that China has actually banned cryptocurrency mining. Mm. So, a lot of the miners moved to the United States in the last few years and that there are literally coal plants in places like Montana that are staying open just to provide 24/7 electricity to people guessing numbers. Like what? That is insane. You know like if you kept the coal plant open because you were, you know, allowing poor people to heat their homes or, you know, something that was like somewhat useful, okay, maybe. I mean, you should really shut down the coal plant. But like this is literally just to guess numbers. Like right. what? This is like it's it's bananas. Just the idea of hoarding an illogical amount of money, like an immoral <laughs> amount of money. They even say, by the way, petrochemical careers are fine if you're creating yeah. 
wealth and giving it to a charity. But first of all, you're creating a person who works in petrochemicals, like who, <laughs> which like the, the human mind and a human life is like so valuable and like capable of creating so much momentum and mm. meaning in this, this is world. The thing. And you are just throwing that away yeah. to create wealth cynically to give it to you who then <laughs> you are saying that you are better able to distribute that wealth than anyone else in the world, that like all these thrown away lives of working in finance and petrochemicals are <laughs> worth it so that you can have all of the money to distribute to all these different places because you're so much smarter than everyone, but it, you don't think climate change is a problem. But it also like it misses such a fundamental point, which is there is real good, well-paid, profit-generating work yeah. to be done solving the climate crisis. Yes. So yeah. this idea of like, whatever, whatever you do for 8 or 10 or 12 or fucking 16 hours a day if you're on Wall Street, like, y- there's no way to make that part of the solution, which is just insane. Wrong. Like, we yeah. should be trying to align the ways that we spend our time and our energy and then also the ways that we align our money, right? But it's like it's like overlooking an entire landscape. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm on some of, you know, I mostly get them because I'm interesting, interested, not because I'm like looking for a job in climate tech, but like I get these emails where I'm like, holy shit, there is so much hiring happening yeah, man. in these so much really hiring. well-paid roles. Like, you know, all this stuff. So it's like, what what and i mean yeah. i'm an i'm an alum of oxford i don't want to like you know shit on my brethren but like when it's deserved it's deserved and this is quintessential what emily atkin our friend who does the climate newsletter heated calls first time climate dude it's like <laughs> oh it's a dude who thought about climate change for the first time and he now thinks he's an expert and he's probably going to publish like a piece in the new yorker about how we're everything screwed or you know whatever or something like this. Yeah. And, you know, beware if you're a first time climate dude, like do a bunch of listening yeah. first, primarily to women, and then maybe jump jump into the game. And compare doing what effective altruism preaches where you throw away your life working for an <laughs> evil cause for like a chemical, a petrochemical company so that you can then give your money to this one fund that is then, you know, already has too much more money than it knows what to do with, with yeah. task shifting, like task shifting that you guys talked about in your episode on like climate and mental health was like that. That's such a great example of like a way to, contribute to the world that is like exponential growth like the idea that you teach other people to like help other people with mental health so that they then can like build a movement of like mental health and people like being able to like cope with the immense amount of grief around climate change and like that that is like totally crippling like that that just like that that idea of yeah yeah i don't know yeah i mean if you think about i think i saw a number recently that like roughly a billion people on the planet are already struggling with some kind of mental health thing right the mental health infrastructure that we have is already like totally not meeting the existing need and we're just like cooking it up more right as as climate impacts intensify and awareness of this issue intensifies so 
like there are not enough therapists on the planet to possibly use that model to to meet the need, right? And so this idea that actually Britt Ray talks about in that episode about like peer support counselors and basically equipping normal people with these skills that, you know, there's real need for mental health professionals in certain situations. But for a lot of what we're talking about, people kind of need like well-held, you know, containers, like the kind of thing that Alcoholics Anonymous, right, manages Mm. to do. It's like, yeah, those are that's peer to peer support. And it gets a lot of people a lot of the the way that they need to go. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really exciting to think about, yeah, how how more of us could help. Right. And um Yeah. And, you know, Catherine edited this book called All We Can Save, which I'm also in. And it's a collection of women writers. And the cool thing that she did with that book is that she created a whole program called Circles, which is that you can like basically read this book with a community of people around you. And and that is doing what we're talking about here. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to go get a climate informed therapist specifically to talk about the problem and the solutions you could for example, pick up a copy of All We Can Save and ask a few friends from work or a few friends from your community to sit down and read the book with you over the course of a few weeks and have conversations. You know, that's the kind of scalable model that would allow a lot more people to find a pathway into climate work. And that doesn't have to be like professional work. It can also just be in their day to day lives. Totally. Yeah. Well, like building a human like a connection-based movement where you're like connecting with other people and communicating with other people as opposed to giving your life to a oil company. <laughs> I'm loving yeah. how much you are hating on effective altruism. It is amazing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's because like I, I, I've i talked about it before. People have been like, yeah, but they do some good. And it's just like there's something really like at the very philosophical core and like that Mm. was what i studied in in school and like there's just something from the outset at the core that Mm. i was like this is there's like some eugenics buried in there in its worldview (laughs) because because they're like and so mechanical yeah it's like it's really weirdly robotic like at its heart i feel yeah so i don't know i just i just think i also think it's very dangerous because Mm -hmm. the The apparatus that we're talking about that is like, you know, the establishment currently and Mm. that has the New York Times and like has has a lot of powerful like Mm. tools at its disposal and a lot of inertia like they are not going to go into the future as like allowing themselves to be defined as the bad guy. So they're Mm -hmm. going to come up with something that allows them to be like, no, we're the good guys. This is like actually really smart and uh, cool. It was cool that we totally burned down the planet because like we made money in the process. Actually, it's funny. There's this uh, professor who I've criticized who won the Nobel Prize in economics for his work on climate. Yeah, Leah, 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 like swings really big when she when she takes takes (laughs) on a people didn't like it. But anyway, he you know, his models, which he won the Nobel Prize for, which I was like, seriously, um, he 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 claims that like, you know, yeah, climate change will collapse earth systems, whatever. But like the thing is, agriculture is like 4% of global GDP. GDP. So even if all agriculture collapses, it's like NBD because it's only 4% and we're going to have like so much more growth in other sectors. So like whatever. But then you're like, dude, but there'll be no food. Yeah. And right. how's that going to go? You <laughs> yeah. know? Like, you're like, it's crazy what? how important like, that 4% is. 
I yeah. know, right? Almost like it's, we're maybe undervaluing it with just reducing it to like a GDP number. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe yeah, maybe well, GDP so isn't like... maybe the standard to be measuring these things by in terms of importance. <laughs> right. And it's like this stuff gets so disembodied. It's like, yeah, yeah like these philosophies like in the ether, mm-hmm. whatever. But like we live on a we live on a planet and the planet yeah. is real. And like it's if there's material stuff that is possible or not possible here. And if we're not acting, acting, you know, within the bounds of the physical reality of this, again, like very amazing Earth, as another one of our lovely climate friends, Kate Marvel says, this is the only good planet. So, yeah. like, we'd better get serious. About yeah, it's not like Mars is a good planet to live here. No, Mars yeah. is not a good planet. No, no. bad planet. The, the way they address that is by shifting the timeline. So they're like, 400 years in the future, we'll be able to travel to other planets. And yeah, and this we will, will have done that deal. with all of our amazing, like, petrochemical extraction and stuff. Exactly. Like, we will, we did that, like, gold star yeah. for us. Yeah. Gold yeah. Star. <laughs> yeah. It's the cave in Dr. Strange Love. It's a bunch of, like, rich yes. guys in a room <laughs> deciding they'll just have to be the ones who carry the species forward by, you know, having sex a bunch in a cave somewhere. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's I dark. got to I got to watch that film for a class in high school and I'm still like, what a great what yeah. a great like we had a class movie night to watch and discuss Doctor Strange Love. I'm like, I would like to go back to school some days. No <laughs> grades, no homework, just like, yeah. you know, the experiences. Just vibes. Yeah. more of that. Yeah, yeah, just the vibes. Just <laughs> vibes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enough of the light stuff. We do have to get to the Mott sticks. <laughs> so let's take, a quick, let's take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? 
Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. And we're back. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry sorry for, yeah. We, we ended up filling up a lot of time with effective mm. altruism. But when <laughs> I think the stuff. rare, the question on everyone's mind is, yeah. TGI Friday's Mott yeah. Sticks mm-hmm. got no Mott's. Mm. <laughs> really, uh, really uh, disappointing stuff coming out of uh, this, uh, this, this ex-brand food company that I'm now a virulent hater of, InVenture <laughs> Foods Incorporated. So, um, Oh, but they sound so wholesome. They sound so wholesome. <laughs> InVenture <laughs> Foods. <laughs> InVenture. All right. Well, long story short, uh, a federal judge in Chicago allowed a class action lawsuit to move forward when it was discovered that the advertised TGI Friday's mozzarella snack sticks actually do not contain mozzarella, but only cheddar cheese. What? Okay. I know. Wait. What? So are these the frozen? Yes. These are the frozen ones. So the big note that we have on this is if you, like me, love to just get your Fridays started by snacking on some apps at your local TGI Fridays. Fret not. The story is not about the actual restaurants. You're good. You can still get your pints, your whatever cocktail they got going on Fridays, and enjoy some apps. We're all down for that. However, when it comes to the frozen snacks, of which I am also a fan, wow, we're being, we're being lied to. We're being oh lied God. to. And I think that this story, while absolutely not important at all, <laughs> also comes at a time when we are seeing the repercussions of people taking what is advertised at face value. And I think that it is important that we crush this narrative that the infanter, in the pardon me, that the very cool company Inventure Foods Inc. claims is, what would they say? Uh, it's not reasonable that a customer would think a shelf-stable, crunchy snack product actually (laughs) contained mozzarella, which is such horseshit to me. You can't be advertising something and be like, okay, well, surely you didn't actually think it was going to have this. Just say it doesn't have it. This is like the Pepsi points thing all yes, over again. When they're it is. like, "Did you watch that? I loved it." I'm not gonna lie. Wait, I watched the first the Pepsi points thing. Oh, Jack, Leah, would you like to? What take have this you one? been doing? There's a Netflix <laughs> show. It's called like "Dude, Where's My Jet," mm-hmm. and it's about this kid who in the '90s collected all these Pepsi points so that well, actually he bought them because you could buy them based on right. the fine print, right. so that he could get a jet, which was advertised a really mm-hmm. expensive fighter jet, and mm-hmm. it ended up going through the court system. And there was this really pro corporate judge, which we could end up with here. I mean. I mean, the judge might just be like, yeah, mozzarella, cheddar, what's the difference? NBD, you know? Right. So, yeah. but that anyway. It does seem to be the Supreme Court we have. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's quite a good <laughs> Netflix show. I would recommend it. If you're into like 90s nostalgia and like, I, you couldn't really call it crime. I guess it's like advertising, false advertising. Yeah. It's, it's quite mm-hmm. funny. And it's what, I think it's what we're going through here with the idea that the no reasonable person would think. It's that the, you have to be, at this point, we are all so familiar with the idea of fine print. It's like everything is in the fine print. So any little, like, you know, any leeway that we're allowed to have, we're looking for that. And so when you advertise a Harrier jet for 7 million Pepsi points, (laughs) I'm figuring out how to get those 7 million Pepsi points and getting a Harrier jet. And in this scenario, if you're saying they're mod sticks, I'm expecting to take those things out of the microwave, crack them open, and have that ooey gooey mess of mozzarella cheese spill out onto my plate. And when you're telling me it's cheddar, I'm taking you to court. 
For shame. For First shame of all, I'm, I'm glad that kid didn't get a Harrier jet. <laughs> personally. Like, what? <laughs> just, how, how was he planning to fuel that? That is but, a big part of the first episode, yes, but the, it, it moves on from there. Also, I'm just surprised as a, a food lover such as yourself that you were a fan of these and didn't like, do have they taken all the flavor out of the cheddar to disguise it as mozzarella? Those aren't those are two cheeses that seem like they would be easily discernible from one another. You know, I, that's funny that you mentioned that because, like, while cheddar the itself has a- on display here, <laughs> <now> is- <laughs> bam, we're back. Um, you know what's fun? What's fun about cheddar cheese versus and you find this with like you know how Subway had the all of our meats are just turkey and blah blah blah. It's like you can kind of just inject <laughs> flavor into these very base substances yeah, to make sure. them whatever you want. And cheddar yeah, is definitely okay. one of those kinds of cheeses that has such a range of flavors. You have your mm. very soft, mild cheddars to your super sharp Vermonts or whatever. Where it's like cheddar can be mm. cheddar can be anything, baby. But it's like in this particular <laughs> scenario, if you're advertising Mott's, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But at least it wasn't American on the oh, I love like to sure. find the silver lining. I, I don't love know. American, but that's a different story entirely. That goes to the burger <laughs> thing, which I'm slowly transitioning out of. But alas. <laughs> Hi guys, I think this might be as big of a story as like the fossil fuel companies lying to us for like decades about I climate change. Agree. I mean, I mean, this is like this should Same be on umbrella. the cover. Same umbrella. It's all of a piece, right? It's like yeah. it's yeah. like this sense of like we're a corporation and we can say whatever and we can puppeteer people mm-hmm. in ways that are minor, like the cheddar slide, mm-hmm. and also really major, like I don't know, we'll bake the planet and in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a mozzarella stick. And guess what you're not going to get to do on a, you know, baked planet? You're not going to get to have those nice mozzarella sticks. You're not going to get to have them at all. Mm-mm. Nobody no. yeah. wants a future without mozzarella sticks. Thank you. That's how I feel. <laughs> Is cheddar the, like, shit cheese? <laughs> I, I also didn't realize that, that people, that you could be like, oh my God, they're trying to serve me cheddar? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you? I thought cheddar was like it's a definitely a more flavorful like sharp cheddar is very flavorful sharp but cheddar it's not, good yeah i it's like not a cheddar. thing that i'm it, it's always interesting like so it there's that book salt sugar fat by michael moss that is about like the how the food industry operates and they have this section that i always bring up because it's so mind-blowing that like a lot of the like cheesiness of food in the 80s and 90s was driven by an excess of milk fat yes. that they okay. had stored in a mm. cave somewhere this is what, yes. because of skim milk's popularity in the late 70s and early 80s. Milk they, had, they had all these fat like excesses, and so they were like, all right, so they made deals with fast food companies, that, and they could get like cheese really cheaply. So I'm just like picturing a cheddar cheese exit, like a bumper che- cheddar mm-hmm. cheese, and they're just like backing a truck up to these places, just being Bingo. like, take this cheddar off our hands, please. <laughs> same thing with corn subsidies and high fructose corn syrup. It's the same reason. Yeah. It's just that we have such an excess of it because of how we subsidize it that we just put it in literally everything. Yeah. Anyway. But they, yeah. they can do it. They can get away with it. They can't be sued because the Supreme Court is protecting corporations. Long story short, paid for. Indeed, also by the fossil fuel industry. (laughs) Bam. Long story short, power to the people. Don't be lied to (laughs) by these large conglomerates and don't let Inventure Foods tell you that you can't have mott sticks out of the microwave. Thank you very much. 
and don't and don't let whoever did the branding for Adventure Foods yeah. get near your startup. <laughs> just just be Adventure honest. If, if, if you who doesn't have any milk in it, call it a chocolate drink, and I'm fine with that. And that's what they have done. They made that decision, and I'm fine with that. I'm still sipping on that Yuhu. Fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine, Leah, such a pleasure having you both on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, where can people? find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff. Well, you can find the pod at degreespod.com. Or and just on anywhere. It's anywhere anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, we are also there. You can find me on social media at Dr. K. Wilkinson. And I'm I'm on Twitter, however long that platform lasts, <laughs> at, at Leah with an H, Stokes. And uh, yeah, we're out there trying to Save the planet. And we are always, always wanting more people to jump in on the climate bandwagon. It is a cool bandwagon and it is open for all. Especially with that heat pump up. It's pretty cool. I know. There's fairies. We have fairy dance parties. Just like, yeah, it's very cool. (laughs) Is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you've been enjoying? Leah, let's start with you. Well, I think I misunderstood the assignment because I don't know if you remembered that I read books. Uh, Oh, (laughs) yeah. Please. My my media is a book. Oh, brand. And actually, I think you might quite like this book, Jack, given what you've been saying. It's called Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands, and it's a graphic novel written by Kate Beaton, who did that whole Harka Vagrant stuff, if you remember. Anyway, she's like a cool comic. Anyway, it's a book about like the horrors that is capitalism and the fossil fuel industry and uh, it's beautiful. It's it's about the uh, tar sands in Canada, and I just loved it. So um, that's what I'm Ooh, that that's what I'm really great. into right now. Ducks, two years in the oil sands. But uh, sorry, it's not online. Do you see chaos? Yeah, D like yeah. ducks, like like. I just didn't know how to spell like that quack word, quack. So thank you. Like quack quack. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. The, okay. I don't know if you know words. They 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 come in books and stuff. That's like uh-huh. a thing. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. No, the, the quack quack was actually very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Catherine, how about you? Oh, I mean, when I saw Dave Wasserman's tweet last night, I've seen enough. <laughs> like that tweet gave me more life than anything on social media recently. I've also on the book thread, I've been, did you know about the Libby app? Yes, it's of connected course. I have four to... library cards, lady. Okay, it's yeah. connected to your public library, <laughs> and you can just go wild on audiobooks, because unlike Leah, I do not have time or enough time to read. And so I've been listening to Octavia Butler, Parable of the Sower, and now Parable of the Talents. And man, I mean, there's a guy who runs for president yes. on the theme yeah. of Make America Great Again. Like, this woman was it's so right. tapping into the future. Yeah. It's I just read the first one a couple months ago, actually. Oh, nice. It's I was scared. I was like zeitgeist. a little scared to like. The second so one is kind of upsetting, but... though, to be honest. I, I, I got to be honest. I got about three quarters of the way through Parable of the Talents. And I was like, this is uh-huh. so depressing. Hmm. But I mean, it's great. She's hmm. a genius. She's a prophet. She saw the future. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, man, we it get dark. it. You're a genius. You're a prophet. <laughs> 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 but it just gets a little depressing. You know uh, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. Uh, Daniel, Guys, how about you? Oh, go ahead. I no, I was gonna jump the gun and just say thank you, but now I want to hear from Daniel. <laughs> oh. Daniel, what about you? Do you read books? Or are you still on the interweb? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, dumb dumb? Both, <laughs> but, but Lord knows we're about to bring the the quality of the content way down here with a couple yeah. of stupid ass tweets because oh, man, I live for so an absolutely inconsequential observation about 
nothing. So this one comes from Alita <laughs> Battle Angel. Oh, wait, first of all, you can find me on the internet at DJ underscore Daniel on all things. Um, I'm live on Twitch Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays if you want to see Bad Rocket League and me eating food in a gross manner. That's not really true. I don't do that all the time, just sometimes, but it's fun to do. Anyway, this is a tweet from Alita Battle Angel Stan account at Punished Picnic. Here's the problem with fruit. It's inconsistent. Some apples are delicious. Some taste bad. Sometimes blueberries are great. Sometimes they are disgusting. You know what's the same every time? Doritos. It's <laughs> a good point. Love that. That's that capitalist consistency we look that, for I these mean, days. That is where, like, we could have all of this shit fixed by now, but the, instead, like, all of our brightest minds went into the labs at Doritos and created the perfect nacho cheese flavored Dorito that it's you perfect. can't stop eating. That is where our greatest minds and mm-hmm. scientific innovations have gone for the past century. I got, I got one more slightly more contemporary one from Josh Gondelman, at Josh Gondelman. This new AI picture thing is ridiculous. If you want a portrait of yourself, you should get it the old-fashioned way by falling in love with a charming stranger on an intercontinental sea voyage and then paying him to draw you like one of his French girls. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's the way it's done. Amen to that. Mm, old school. Indeed. Jack, what about you? Gosh, a lot of really smart stuff. I think I'm going to go with this tweet from Drill. In real life, Yoda would get eaten by a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so harsh on Yoda, dude. It's just harsh facts. You know, we're all about living in that reality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That does feel kind of parable of the talents. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Terrible. Dark turn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as we link off to a song that we think you might enjoy. And with Miles out, we like to always ask super producer Justin Smith Justin. if there's a song that he would like to recommend. I do. Uh, I'm I'm going to visit my beloved home city of Chicago tomorrow, so I'll be out for the next couple of days, so I want to shine some light on a Chicago artist. This is an artist named Knox Fortune. Oh. comes from Oak Park. Shout out Oak Park. This is a song called Little Thing. It's such a nostalgic vibe for me. If you are a child of the 90s, this will really mm. have you feeling a certain way. It's got a lo-fi DIY kind of style to it. And there's just like bright pads and talking about a summer love. And it really will send you back to that time of, you know, just being in the, a young kid in the city. So this love is it. Little Thing by Knox Fortune. You can find that in the footnotes. Awesome. Footnotes. Uh, all right. Well, we will link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, back this afternoon, to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye! Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.